Welcome back to the Hidden Jewels podcast. We're so grateful that you're here today, and we're going to continue our conversation with our friend, Cindy Conant. I think today is going to be really important for you as it was for me. Cindy is vulnerable in this episode. She shares a really tender experience she had with Jesus, and her experience brought me freedom. And so I can't wait for you to hear it. Let's get to it. So right Every now day. you're you're living your life-giving spaces are these 140 souls that come through your classroom every day. Without a and, doubt. And by the way, I think there's other souls that are in touch with those souls that are in touch by you. <laughs> so that's just the beginning of it. And Sweet. then and then for those who want to go deeper, you've made a way uh, and you call it your porch time. Yeah. Uh, tell us I, about yeah. this. My, okay, tell us. I'm going to I'm going to give you a little bit of history of the porch just because it's from the heart of God. So I went to Cal- uh, North Carolina about five or six years ago, and uh, I spent some time with some friends out there and it was a retreat for me. It was a not, we didn't do touristy things. And we literally, they had this beautiful home in Moravian Falls. And we just sat on their porch and we talked about everything. We talked about God. We talked about the weather. We talked about whatever was in our hearts. And it was just so refreshing. And the spirit of the Lord was there with us. And I get back and I said, I want a, I want a porch. And I've lived in the same house for almost 30 years. And I looked at my house and I said, what? I have a porch. I have a porch. I'd never seen it in my life. It was cluttered with junk and we, it was behind a shrub. So we started the process and I got two rocking chairs for my birthday. And I stuck them out here. I took a picture of them and I put on Facebook, Conant's Front Porch Ministry is open for business. It was a joke. You know, I was just being silly. But what I did was started something. Anyway. The sweetness of the Lord started speaking to me. He said, I'm going to show you how I build my church. Hmm. And I thought, interesting. And we were in the midst of a church plant ourselves. So I thought he was going to say, I'm going to show you how I build a church. Little C, what he was really saying, I'm going to show you how I build my body. Hmm. Big C, capital church. So (laughs) craziest stuff started happening. I, I, I go to go up to IHOP um, in Kansas City to the prayer. I come home. There's a third rocking chair on my porch. I have no idea where it came from. I'm like, oh, that's crazy. Then people started bringing me things like my son made two tables. A friend of my daughter's brought me a little white rocker. She goes, this is your children's ministry. I'm like, oh, my God, this is so fun. Someone, I went to a prayer meeting. Someone brought me a sign that says, welcome to the porch. And the Lord would say, your church has a sign. Your mm. church has a children's ministry. Your church, it, all these little things. My mom gave me a fountain. Put this little, and so now I had the sound of running water behind, and it's like so peaceful. Okay, so those are just things that the Lord's doing. But what really started happening was people would come sit on the porch and the presence of God. It's just a place the Lord decides to come quickly. And that is has nothing to do with me personally, except it's the desire of the heart of the Lord. So here's what would happen. Remember you referenced, you know, your son coming and 
what would happen is moms would come hang out with me, with me on the front porch while their kids were in there. So one day, one night during one of this worships, this young kid comes out and he goes, I, this is so weird. I don't know what's happening, but I feel this so strongly. I feel like the Lord says he wants to heal someone on the porch. And I was like, great, come on out. He goes, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know how to do this. I said, well, tell us what you hear. And he says, well, I think it's someone's back. So I said, okay. I'm, uh, so I felt like I was kind of as a mama, a spiritual mama, kind of showing him, okay, here's what you do when this happens, right? Which I love this. Mm-hmm. So I said, we're just going to ask everyone here. So we went down the list. And I said to one of my friends, is it you? She goes, no, I'm fine. I said, well, I'm fine. Went to my friend next to me. I'm fine. And we went down to one little girl in the very end. And she just put her hands, her head in her hands. And she said, it's me. It's me. And she's crying because all of a sudden she's like, God sees her brought this young kid out. And I said, okay, you need to go over. And if you're ask her, I said, so when you're going to pray for someone laying on of hands is one of the things that the, the Lord's shown us to do. So ask her, you can lay hands on her and just pray. So this little boy comes over, he just starts kind of shaking because he's just undone by what the Lord's doing. Prays for, and she gets healed. Her back, her sciatic nerve had been hurting and the Lord touched her body and she was healed. And so I was like, wow, this is amazing. Lord, thank you for coming and doing this. And we just kept seeing things like that happen. And, but the most profound thing is the presence of peace that comes on the porch. So like, I think that's sweet of the Lord because anxiety is like my enemy, like not allowed. And I mean, it's not allowed on the porch. So people will come and they'll sit and they'll just go, oh, just feels so good to sit here. And the Holy Spirit will come. And so the, the Lord's really built this. And this has been the easiest thing I've ever done. It's been the easiest thing I've ever done. I just made a space. So right now I have five chairs. And the only thing I've ever purchased for this porch is two chairs. So the Lord added to the Lord created this space. And um, this is where I bring people. So I wanted to sit with you when I'm talking to you all that I've got to be on my porch because this is my place. Yeah. Even in the like it's 100 and 100 million degrees outside. I said, well, I'll bring my fan and I'll be fine because I'm going <laughs> to sit on my porch with you all. And one of my sweetest blessings was I was at work one day. And a friend of mine had just lost her father. He went home to be with the Lord, but she was just so sad, you know, her loss. And she called me from work and she said, I just want you to know I'm sitting on your porch. Oh. And I'm like, stay there as long as you need. And if you're still there, when I get home, I'll meet you there. Yeah. And that was like, that, that was everything to me. So. Anyway, anything that my porch has become to people, it's the Lord, you know? So it's just a sweet spot, but I love porches. I think that a lot of stuff happens. People relax on them. People kind of, you can talk, you can kind of hash out stuff. You can be quiet. You can drink tea. You can listen to music, whatever. And you meet, this is where I meet the Lord, so. Yeah. The porch is just that for my kids, for my students, that's what I do. And, and I, 
what my hope is next school year is I, I want to bring kids here who are never asked. If you deal with teenagers at all, you know the variety of personalities and the desire to be seen and known comes out yeah. in such different ways to be loved, right? Yeah. I just want the Holy Spirit to show me who to bring. And I, I am willing to look beyond what's easy. Cindy, yeah. I love when you said people want to be seen and want to be known. And oh. really, it, it starts really ramping up with those hormones in the teenage year. You know, am I significant? Am I somebody? Am I worthy? All these things. And I love and I want to be in agreement with you when you said I'm going to invite the ones that never get asked because in school people are asked to be in this group or this club or yeah. this society or this friendship group. And for you to have this burden, I'm going to ask the ones that never get asked because if the friend and the peer doesn't ask them and the comparison person doesn't ask them, Mrs. Coney yeah. does. I just I'm think actually, something's going to grow out of that because the ones that might be popular and come to your porch will notice that you're inviting the ones that never get asked to come. And then it may change the culture of uh, why are we, why does it take Miss Conan to ask? We could have been kinder there. Yeah. Well, I just, you know, one of the things that I have said as the Holy Spirit leads, but I have gotten in kids' faces and said, I see you. Mm -hmm. I want you to know that I see you. And these are, this is the, this is the broad spectrum. This isn't that, this is all of them, but I've gotten in their faces and I, but I've said those words because I think that's as direct. And I'm not saying like in a mean way, I'm saying it in like, I look at them and go, I see you yeah. and I can see this is hard. And I can see that you're in a lot of pain because they'll share things with me, you know, and, and, and stuff. And I, I, I feel honored that I get to go just love on kids, but I just know that every kid that's in there, the Lord's entrusted them to me. And, and I, I think that takes me to something that I also believe comes with our giftings and our, you know, you want to call them anointings, whatever. I just think it's birthed out of how God created us, the ease of things. Like you, you and I've said, we have a tendency to be the glass is half full. We see the right. And there's some people that that is like not in their DNA, like, but, but for us, like it is for me. Yeah. But I'll tell you, Cindy, the walking in the ease, I think, that is one of your gold nuggets here because we act like life's just hard and difficult and it always will be. But I think when the sweet Lord calls us to the oh. sweet center of his will, it's not difficult. And you said it's an easy yoke. And therefore, in my mind, are you saying that if we're under the yoke of heaviness somewhere, we need to figure out, uh, we need to figure out why, why that's true, because that's not what he offers us. And I think a thousand so percent, thousand percent. I mean, think, I mean, he is telling us my yoke 
is easy. Now, that doesn't mean we won't have times of challenge, but what he's promising us and saying to us and declaring over us and instilling in us that even in the midst of that, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I just think that the world screams at us, do more, be better, be louder. I don't know. That's what, that's what it kind of feels like, you know, kind of a rustling to get to the head of the pack kind of deal. And uh, that's just opposite. And I'm just saying now that at age 61, I'm looking back and by golly, if the things, if that's not true, the things that were just the easiest for me to yield to, like even getting into teaching, like I didn't go to school to be a teacher. I, I got my degree in advertising from the University of Oklahoma and I'm teaching culinary arts at a high school. Yeah. How? And the journey is just, I just said, yes. People go, how'd you get a job doing that? Because it's really kind of fun. And I think people are like, I'd like to do that, get paid, yeah. play with food and teach kids how to cook. And this is what I always tell them. In 2004, God put out an all call to go to an inner city school. And I was the only one that said yes. Hmm. I got wow. invited in. And that, it's that word, I got invited in, is kind of uh, the appetizer to my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Mm, right? So good. We get invited in the places. And that's one of my. A friend and one of my friends, we, we talk about this all the time. Like in this season of our lives, like we're done doing this. Like, okay, we got to get in there and do this and blah, blah, blah. We're like, we're going to go where we're invited. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that, that has been probably something I was invited in to teach. And I said no at first because I I thought, oh, I don't know about this kind of a rough school I don't know and I went to church power friends and I was telling a friend of mine here's what happened they want me to come do it it was a long-term sub job 11 weeks till the end of the school year at uh, a school in Oklahoma City and um I said no at first because I thought I don't know and I went to church and my friend goes I'm just gonna say as your friend I think you're supposed to relook at this I kind of feel the Lord on it and I was like okay, because I love you. I'll look at this again. And I did it. And I taught there for six years. And here's what happened. I do the sub job, right? I think, okay, I'm done. I did my little deal. It was fun. I learned. I got to know a whole part of my city that I didn't know about. Um, the Northeast part of Oklahoma city. What a beautiful part of my city. I never even knew. Right. So I'm down there. And I was there for six years, but here's what's so funny. The, t the power of words that summer, the principal calls me. She's in a magnificent lady. Her name, I, and I want to say her name because she's Valine cooks. She was the principal at Douglas high school. And that summer she had such an impact on my life. She called and she offered me the job. I was like, wait, what? That was, I, I thought I was just subbing to get to the end of the year. And she, I said, oh, I'm not a teacher. Like, and I'm thinking I don't have my degree. I don't, I don't have a certification. And I said, I, I, I'm not certified. She, I'm not a teacher. And she said, my dear, you are. Mm -hmm. And those four words 
set me on this 17 year journey. And to this day, every time I see her, I hug her, I practically cry. Yeah. Um, because I said, but what about my certifications? I'll help you. And she basically became my college professor, right? So that next year, we called the University of Oklahoma. We did some certification things. We took care of them that way. She would come into my classroom once a week. She helped me write lesson plans. She showed me how to do, at the time, past skills, how to do a grade book, you know, some teaching strategies. And she became my professor because I was willing to learn. Like, I didn't go, hey, I know everything. I was like, I, tell me. She showed me. And then that started everything. And then I went from Oklahoma City. Then I came up to where I, my community's Edmond. So now I teach in the Edmond schools. But 17, I just finished my 17th year. Mm. And I, I just think, and it was easy. Mm. I was invited in. So I think it's important to look where we're being invited in. And who we invite in. And it's sweet. It's peaceful. Yoke is easy. Burden is light. And I'm super excited about your upcoming year and your heart's burden to invite in people that don't feel like they ever get invited in by their peers or the world. Mm -hmm. You know, it's really kind of hard to, the Holy Spirit has to highlight this because I will tell you as a teacher at a large high school, right? The kids all kind of look the same until you really get them in your classroom. They all kind of like look like they're doing great. I will tell you that COVID, what happened through that was after we got out of the whole no school, then we came back to school in that mask and all that different stuff. Then we come back regular. That some kids, it didn't phase them. They did great. And then in the middle, that middle group got divided into two groups. And half of that group went, I'm going to be okay. But the other half, it just, there was more kids that are struggling. Hmm. That, that group got bigger. And because um, they just, it, it was so hard to navigate. I mean, even high school students were looking to their teachers going, help me. And we're like, we're, I don't know. We're trying to do this ourselves. So it was, um, but, we're, but we're coming back. And we're getting back to our new place, our reset place. Mm-hmm. I believe with all my heart that that was not for nothing. Mm-hmm. That whole thing was a massive reset. And I choose to see that every day in education mm-hmm. that let's make it, let's be smarter. Let's, you know, let's, let's work smarter, not harder. We learned some awesome things in that about how students learn. Mm-hmm how differently they learn. Um, and so I think we're, we're poised for some greatness and I, and I am excited about that. I am, um, I just love it. It's just, it's just a give me. It's like God's given, he's just throwing fish in my boat. Friends, there were so many times in our chat with Cindy that I just felt like I was standing on holy ground, that the Lord was just speaking to me directly. And we're not done yet with our conversation. This truly was a conversation of friends, and I think you're going to really enjoy this next part. We kept the recording going while we were talking, and I wasn't sure I was going to add this into the podcast. 
But as the months have gone on, this story from Cindy has had such an impact on me. I felt like I couldn't hold it back from you. So we're going to transition now into a really precious time in our conversation. When we took that little break earlier, and we'll probably, this, this part probably won't go in the podcast, but I, I was telling Karna, I said, I like talking about the kids when they were little, but honestly, that was so long ago that really the richest things I've learned have been in the last 10 years. I mean, it it's just Cindy, 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 Cindy. I agree with you. And if that's true, then Karna hasn't started growing up yet. Because she's over over 10 years younger than us. But I feel like the gold of my life has been in the last 10 years. It's been since children. I give my that woman that raised my children so much more grace now because she was doing the best she could. And I'm and I'm even walking in the freedom that the best I could that now I think I want to do over just like you, the best I could with God in their life, th- that's all we could do. And we have to trust him to do all those things we can't do. And I couldn't, well, I couldn't be my 66 year old self when I was 26. I, listen, it's just, I, I mean, I love focusing on that, but it was kind of like when I went out to California, this last visit, what I wanted to say to, out loud to my kids, but you just don't, but I just want to go, do you see how free I am now? Do you see how much the Lord's <laughs> done in my life? Aren't, I'm the best version. Aren't you glad? Like, da, 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 da. and can we just let all the, the goofiness that, you know, things we did right and wrong. And they just kind of go to the right, but you don't ever say that to your kids. Cause they feel like my mom's lost it. My mom's <laughs> completely lost it. But the truth is I'm like, I'm freer than I've ever been. I feel whole. I feel like, like I had a major, you know, we were supposed to do this podcast a month ago. Do you remember what happened? I you was in North in the Carolina middle. on the porch. I was in the but I was in a major encounter of inner healing with the Lord. And I'm like, I can't talk right now. I, like I, 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 and I mean, I had just come off. There's a place in North Carolina called prayer mountain. It's just the people go, I want to go to prayer mountain. I'm like, well, it's just a hill with a pass, but it's powerful place. But I encountered the Lord. Like I, like, I don't know if you, what kind of, all I can tell you is about my experiences, but like I met Jesus on that mountain and he, he delivered me from, I feel like the last, you know, we live our lives like onions, right? Lord's always going to peel back and heal until we get to that beautiful center of just the flame. And, um, I, I had been dealing with just this self rejection. I, it was crazy. And I said to my friend, Becky, I'm going to get back to Oklahoma city. I'm so tired of this. I'm going to call my friend. I'm going to get some inner healing and deliverance. And she's like, no, we're here right now. And that's what happened. Like I encountered Jesus. I saw, I mean, I had my eyes closed So in my spirit. I see Jesus and he's telling me things. He's showing me things. And that's what I was coming out of Roxanne. I was like wrecked. And I'm like, I can't talk on a podcast. I'm going to sound like I don't know. Like I, I was just like the Lord was doing some a healing work. And so funny. We'll, we'll be talking about this later. Okay, wait, 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 wait. We're, we're, we're still recording. So I got to pull this gold out. Okay. You went away and you said my prayer mountain 
was really just a hill. And so I, you call it, you call it prayer mountain and somebody may call it prayer mountain, but if I drive to North Carolina, it may look like a hill to me, but any place in my mind can become our refuge. And I, I, Cindy, I want, you know, I'd like the listener to hear what happened to you. And for me as a coach to reiterate, I think we all need experience where we encounter the Lord and it's not going to happen on the treadmill of our daily lives. If we don't go away to seek the face of the God, like Jesus did seek the face of his father. If we don't go away to whatever prayer mountain it is, whatever retreat it is, whatever deeper intensive, at some point we have to turn off the voices of all the stuff and go away. And you went away and he, you encountered him and we should not be so shocked. I think we all need more of this going away literally to a place, but also a going away in our spirit. When you said that you went away to get a shoulder to shoulder, eye to eye in his presence every day. Yeah. Well, that's the, that's the that's the little going away. But I do yes. think on top of the little going away every morning, I think there's this bigger going away where you literally go to wherever your prayer mountain is. This is why I bird th- these two retreats I do that I people come away at some point. When do you turn it off? And and yeah. every retreat I every retreat I do, I feel like going, it doesn't matter who comes out here, I'm coming out here and I'm gonna yeah. be renewed and refreshed. So I want to encourage our listeners to uh, really hear what you just said. I went away. I encountered the Lord. I was forever changed. And then I didn't even have any words for a while. Well, and I, I go to the same place every time because I've met the Lord there. So the porch, like when I talk about the porch, that was the first time, right? When I, and I went, I go, I go every summer. Okay. Well, I just want you to know, I, I believe some of the people's, away is your porch and I know it's your porch to you just like it's just a hill to the lady in North Carolina or whatever whatever that is but there's a little bit of a way that people leave they might have to go away from stress and anxiety to walk into your classroom Mm -hmm. and they have to go away you said there's the presence of peace on is on your porch the presence of peace is on your porch so yes. you invite, yes, thank you, you invite them, you invite them to come away to your porch. So some people want to keep coming back to your porch because it is their hill. That is so encouraging, Roxanne. No, I so just, encouraging to me. it's their hill that you call prayer mountain, but it might <laughs> just be a hill and you simply call it a porch, but it could be a mountain. I want people to have encounters with the Lord. And you know what? I was like, gosh, see, we, we could go for four hours. This is not good. But <laughs> um, I was on a mountain with a friend hiking and she was about 20 feet ahead of me. Of course, she was not out of breath at all. And I was like oh, dying. And that kind of infuriated me that I was like, anyway, she turns around to me and she says, in one sentence, what's your purpose? What is God's purpose for you? And I barked back at her and said, I don't know. I mean, I was out of breath, you know? And the minute I go, I don't know, this thing went, Poof. I, I called them kajunk. I mean, it just went, Poof. and I heard this to create pathways of worship. And I said, I said, to create pathways of worship. And she said, right. And from then on, that, all that did was put a title over my door. 
And it made me, it defined me a little bit more. Like, I just want to create pathways for people to encounter the Lord on my porch, in a, on a road trip to North Carolina, in my classroom. It is what brings me life. It is what brings me joy. It is what makes me feel alive um, to watch people encounter the Lord. And so when I go to North Carolina and I have my moments, like, like my testimony is like, I don't know if some people would even understand, like, but I, like I, I encountered Jesus. I was on the hill with him. He's looking at me face to face. And I, what had happened, what, and I'm, I'll just share, I just had this testimony, but I was struggling with this rejection. It was taking wonderful situations of friends and I'd go, oh, they're tired of me. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to quit calling them. They're so tired of me bugging them. I mean, that was the voice, right? I'm like, I'm so done with this because the 80% of me knows that's not right. But that 20% was just, I'm like, I, I want rid of this. So I go up there and we're walking up the hill with my friend, Becky. And I, she said, we're going to, the Holy Spirit is going to take care of this right now. So she, we, we stop on the mountain and she says, Holy Spirit, what do you, show us what you want to do right now, Holy Spirit. So we stand there and I'm not kidding you. Instantly, I was reminded, first time I thought of it in 55 years of a childhood nightmare that was recurring in my life. As a little child, I remember having this nightmare and thinking I would wake up like terrified at night. And I, I didn't know, like, go tell your mom, right? I don't know what's happening. And in this dream, it was in a dark room and, it, it, and lots of intricate things, but it was just pitch black, huge room. And then I'd walk over to these concrete stairs and I'd start to walk down this deep concrete stair. And then I'd wake up. And as a child, I was just, just mortified. It was just fear. And I, I had this dream. And I'm like, Becky, I, I see this, this dream. This is nuts. What's going on? She says, Holy Spirit, show us what you're doing here. So we just wait on the Holy Spirit. And then I hear this in my head, my heart. Flip the switch. I'm like, I don't know how to flip the switch. What, what do you mean? And all of a sudden in my dream, as I have my eyes closed, there's a, there's a switch down by my foot. So I flip it and like, you know how when auditorium lights come on or stadium lights come on, all of a sudden it's like pop, 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 pop. Mm -hmm. right? And then all of a sudden everything's lit. Perfect. I flip that switch and I feel this boom and the room is light. It is light, light, light. There's no darkness at all. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, so now this this fear has been it's light and my friend so i'm my eyes are closed my spirit is seeing all this i'm encountering the lord and she says do you see jesus and i said no i, I don't see him anywhere i don't see him anywhere she said what do you see and she said describe the room and and i'm like i see angels walking around they all have armbands on and they have like a red cross on them and she's and i, I thought those are healing angels and she's like, the Lord's get the Lord is healing. This the, you are encountering a heal. And I'm like, I am. Something's getting ready to happen, but I don't see Jesus. And then all of a sudden, my physical eyes close, spiritual eyes open, 
I turn and I see those dark stairways. They're still dark. And all of a sudden, up from those dark stairs walks Jesus. He walks up these dark stairs, the only one worthy, the only one who can overcome darkness, comes walking out of this, walks up in his brilliance. And I'm like, Jesus. And he just, I encounter his face. I see his face and he comes and he stands up in front of me and I'm just standing there and I'm like, and he's just, he's not saying a word to me. He's just looking at my face and I'm like, Jesus. And I just am in awe and I'm looking around the room and it, it just feels like everything's whole and perfect. And I feel like even when I tell this story, the spirit just, I mean, like it comes rushing back to me. So Becky's standing there. She's like, I said, I see him. He's, he's right here with me. She's like, Ask him if he wants to say anything. I mean, this is the, the most bizarre interaction with people. You know, my friend's taking me through deliverance, really, is what's happening. And I'm telling her everything that's happening. And I, and I said, Jesus, do you want to say anything to me? And, and he just looks at me with such love. And I'm like, he doesn't say a word. And so then I, I step back and all the angels are still walking around. I see everything. And I look down at the at Jesus at around his feet. And there's this black slithery thing wrapped around his feet and I'm like does he not see it and he's just looking at me like he's fixed on me right looking at me and I'm like does he not see this horrible thing that's wrapped around his feet and it's looking at me like I'm here and I knew I thought I I know this is not good and I identified it. I thought, I think that is rejection down at the feet of Jesus. And it's like, and I, I thought something's getting ready to go down. And all of a sudden I look up at Jesus. I'm like, do you see this? Like it's there. And I, I'm kind of worried. And he just looks at me and all of a sudden he starts stomping his feet. And as he stomps his feet, that black thing gets sucked in underneath his feet. Now, I'm going to interject this one thing. I believe when we have these visions with the Lord, he is just choosing to speak to us in our language, Mm -hmm. right? So he's talking to me in a way I'll understand. And all he's communicating is what he's already done. So he's trying to demonstrate for me, this thing is under my feet. And so he's showing me. And that thing, it just gets sucked in and it's, it's gone. I'm like, oh. And he's just sitting there, gaze fixed on me, like I'm not saying a word. And then he steps to the side. He takes a step over. And where he was standing, because of his holiness and his magnificence, there's actually an outline of his, of his cloak, his tunic, whatever you want to call it, where he stood. It's just, you can tell where he stood. And under it, it's just this. And I, I tried, Becky says, what does it look like? And I said, you know, those and those long skinny balloons that you make animal balloons out of, right? And then when you deflate them and they're just nothing, it looks like this black pile of those. And I'm looking down at them and I'm like, what do I do? Like, what's happened here? Like, it's gone and it's dead. And the only thing Jesus says to me, I'm leaning down. He says, don't take it, don't touch it. Mm-hmm. And I just sat up and I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay. So 
I had this encounter with the Lord and then it kind of stops. And I'm with my friend, Becky, and we're, we're there on prayer mountain. And I'm like, the Lord just showed me something. It's like, he was making it true for me. My other friend walks up Rivera, who's an ICU nurse, right? And, and she walks up and she's like, what's going on? Like I'm down there praying and the Lord called me up here. And I, I feel like I'm supposed to tell you this. And I said, okay, what? She goes, you're in post-op right now. You are in a season, like you have just had surgery with the Lord. And I was like, you can't make this stuff up. Like she didn't know. She walks up to us and she says, you're in post-op. You're going to be in post-op for two weeks. And in this, you need to take extra care of yourself. You need to rest. The Lord has just done major surgery on your heart. And uh, Roxanne, that was when I was supposed to be doing my podcast with you. And I was like, I can't, like I'm a hot mess. And uh, you were so gracious to go, okay, well, you know, I don't know what's going on, but we'll give you space. Mm-hmm. I said, I can't. And she, and, and as she's telling me this, I have my eyes closed and I see a piece of paper and I see post-op and I see a pencil writing instruction. So I was t- to rest. I was just to, to just be at peace in the Lord. Like this, like you would send a patient home from the hospital. Like don't exert yourself for two weeks. And one of the things that the Lord told me in that post-op time was you're going to understand what I did. You're going to understand what my surgery did for you. When after you've rested, you step back into the places where you were, but now you've had surgery and you're healed. Like I've removed rejection, like it's gone. And I told you not to pick it back up. And, um, that is what the last two weeks have been in my life. So this is how freshly we walk with the Lord, right? It's not like I learned this five years ago. I'm like, I encountered the Lord four weeks ago and I'm like shifted. Like he healed me of a residual thing of rejection. Mm. And I'm going to tell you that even this morning it reared its head. And I'm going to tell you another funny thing in my encounter with the Lord. because it's important. I was sitting there with the Lord I see this thing all shriveled. I stand up there and I look down at my hand and I have a, like a thumbtack in my hand. And I thought, why am I holding this tack? And all of a sudden this balloon comes up to me, right? And it's, and the closer it gets to me, it looks huge. Right. And I'm like, this isn't a good thing. Like I, this was like a familiar spirit, a, a familiar thing. And I'm looking, and I see Jesus over here and this thing comes up in my head and I look down at my hand. I'm like, I got a pin. So I just went, boop, and it popped. And it's like, that's a picture. The Lord's showing me what he's already done, right? He's speaking a language that I understand. And he's saying, all you have to do is pop it. So I'm like, so the spirit of rejection, how it manifested for me is I just take myself out. I would remove myself from things when I had no, like the Lord wanted me there this morning. I thought I shouldn't be doing this podcast. I shouldn't be doing this. Who am I? And I I remembered that balloon. And I said, Lord, I'm going to pop this. I'm taking it out. And I did. And now we, now we're sitting in here and I'm watching the fruit, the, the outcome of my healing with the Lord is that I've been invited into this and I am not going to take myself out. Mm. I've been invited in. And so then I had this freedom to say to the Lord, Lord, because you've invited me in, 
you want to show us things about who you are, then you take every word that's said and you let it multiply and grow. Because my prayer is this, and I've prayed this prayer for about seven years. Lord, let my breakthrough be a breakthrough for others. Mm -hmm. And period. Everything I encounter. Because what rejection would say to me is, well, he's done it for them, but he's not going to do it for you. It was, it was terrible. And, and now that's, that voice is silenced. Jesus did that. So when I say, when I went out to see my kids in California, I really did want to go, do you see your mom? Like, I'm like, (laughs) you don't know, but I like mom is freer than she's ever been in her life. And I, how it played out was I was just really comfortable with my kids. I just enjoyed them. They enjoyed me. I wasn't, it was just sweet. And it's just just the goodness of God and adult parenting. I'm just really grateful. I just, I I want, and I, and I really think that what the Lord did for me on that mountain this year, I want to do for others. I want them to have, I want them to be free. I want them to know that it's the heart of the father. Why did he just stare at me? And he didn't say a word confidence. Like I'm, it's me. I do this. I'll never, you, that gaze, when you, when you are looking in the face of Jesus, when your eyes are closed and you can see Jesus, there's nothing that compares to that. It's powerful mm-hmm. and it's real. And I'm changed because of it. We're all changed because of it. Cindy, I love this. I love this. <laughs> now we got to the deep end of the pool, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, we jumped back into the deep end of the pool. But I think the overarching thing that we heard you say today is that he is close. He sees us. He always is refining us. There's always more. I think we live so far below our Christian privilege. It's unbelievable. And he died for our identity that he's given us, not what the world has given us. And that we are going to continue being sanctified until we die as well. (laughs) So beautiful. Oh, so, so good. So father, we just ask this word to go forward and go powerfully and father we give you all the glory for the story it is you and you alone who does good work father may you convict the listener and the ear that hears of these powerful truths that their hill and their mountain and their prayer mountain and their refuge is just a spiritual moment away that in a moment everything can change cindy shared several moments where things shifted and that you are in the shifting business and you will draw us continually close to you We love you, Lord, and we want your glory today. Amen. Amen. So, yes, amen. When I started this podcast, it was really a passion project, something I just felt like would be a blessing to other women to hear the wisdom from older women that have traveled down this road a little further. And what I didn't anticipate was how impactful this would be in my own life. I have to tell you, there have been so many days where things like rejection, as Cindy talked about, or anxiety, or worrying about money, or overwhelm, that these things have entered my life and I have thought, 
this must bow at the feet of Jesus. Truly, Cindy's testimony has impacted me forever, and I hope it has helped you as well. We would love to hear from you if this has made a difference in your life, and we would love to connect with you more. So make sure you check out the show notes on ways that you can connect with Roxanne and me. And remember, you are a precious jewel in the eyes of Jesus. Your story matters. Let the world see you so they may see him.